0: Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect.
1: We're coming to the end of our series, the Renew series, um, leading up to Easter week. And we're trusting God to integrate Isaiah 43, 18 to 19 that was referred to. Let's take a look at that again. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See? I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And we got to hear a beautiful testimony of how that is taking place. A storm hit Hugh and Bonnie. And sometimes that's the hardest time to let God bring this renewal. How do we allow God to bring renewal or rest amidst a storm. Let's take a look at this video.
0: There are different breeds of thunderstorms, each with their own characteristics. There are single-celled storms, often weak and short-lived. Multi-celled storms, sporadic and unorganized and squalls, organizing into dramatic lines that can stretch hundreds of miles. But the mother of all thunderstorms is the supercell. Supercells are the least common mode of storms, and their defining character is a deep, persistently rotating updraft called a mesocyclone. Supercells are often referred to as rotating thunderstorms. This rotating nature enables them to generate torrential rainfall and severe winds. Intense and continuous lightning activity. Enormous hail.
1: That's the biggest hailstone I've ever seen right there. You know, it's been said that you're either preparing for a storm, in a storm, or coming out of a storm. Where do you find yourself this morning? When storms hit, sometimes there's warning signs. Uh, I've been watching the news and it said we might have some storms coming here this afternoon. Um, And so we get a warning on it, but sometimes it just kind of comes all of a sudden, out of nowhere. Well, this morning, I can relate a little bit with Zach because um, our family is coming out of a storm and it takes a lot out of you. In fact, when I shared uh, the first service, I didn't realize the, the amount that would be taken out of me in, in sharing um, what we've been kind of going through. And that storm hit suddenly. We did not see it coming. At the end of uh, February, um, we were hit by a supercell. It was a big one. And I'm not referring to a physical storm. This was a personal storm. And my wife and I, our first reaction was just shock. Like, what is going on? What are we going to do? God, please help us in the midst of this storm. And we had to make some quick decisions. I cannot go into the details um, for confidentiality's sake. With members of our family, they they wanted to keep it tight, and I want to honor that. But when we got to the place of the storm, there was a lot of sadness, a lot of anger that was brewing inside me and in others, And after many days of dealing with this storm, I just got tired. I mean, emotionally, spiritually, just drained. The weight of the storm was definitely taking its toll on myself and many of our family members. And you guys, it was horrible. It was my greatest nightmare in some ways coming true. Our hearts were broken in two. And because our family was hurting, we were desperately hurting, deeply hurting. What can we do? What can we do when the storm hits with this type of magnitude? When it's so heavy and overwhelming that we do not know what to do. The effects of these types of storms, they can linger. Sometimes it's just a matter of days. But sometimes days can turn into weeks and weeks into months and months into years. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you're dealing with that type of storm. So where do we turn for relief? Where do we turn for rest in the midst of a storm? Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 gives us guidance. Let's read that together. Then Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. We can find rest amidst the storm. Jesus is telling us that. That's the big idea this morning, that rest is available. How many of you want some of that rest this morning out there? Doesn't that sound like some good stuff? It's light, it's easy. Well, I love how Jesus right away connects with what it's really like to go through a storm. You get weary. You get heavy with the burden. In fact, the word used here, it's, it's so heavy, you can't carry it yourself. You need help. I love how the, the message gives even more descriptive words of what takes place with this heaviness. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says this. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. Jesus says, come. He desires us to draw close. But so often, in this type of situation, we just kind of move from a, a fight or flight when a storm hits. And usually, it does not include Jesus. But Jesus says, come. I don't want you to do this alone. See, we often either roll up our sleeves like William Wallace and Braveheart, we wanna fight. We wanna fix it. We wanna make things right. Or we run. We run from our problems, run from the emotions, much like this guy in this clip.
0: That day, for no particular reason, I decided to go for a little run. So I ran to the end of the road, and when I got there, I thought maybe I'd run to the end of town. President Carter, suffering from heat exhaustion, fell into the arms and When I got there, I thought maybe I'd just run across Greenbow County, and I figured since I run this far, maybe I'd just run across the great state of Alabama, and that's what I did. I ran clear across Alabama for no particular reason. I just kept on going. I ran clear to the
1: ocean. I mean, if we're yeah, it's funny if we're honest. Sometimes we just want to get away. We just want to get away from how heavy the burden is. And me in this present storm, I was a little bit of both. William Wallace and Forrest Gump. Right away, anger set in. I, I wanted to make things right. I wanted to take care of some things with what was going on. But then, as the days and the weeks went by, I got tired. I got really tired, as I shared, with, shared about earlier, and I just wanted to get away. I just wanted to run, just like Forrest Gump in that situation. You see, it takes humility, strength, and surrender in the midst of a storm to slow down and draw close to Jesus when he says in the message in Matthew 11:28 come to me get away with me and you'll find and you'll you'll recover your life i'll show you how to take a real rest oh that we would hear his voice and get away to listen to him before we react. It's so important to push pause in moments when the storms come. And I call it a holy pause. It's a holy pause to come to Jesus and ask him and and pour out what's going on inside so we don't blow it by overreacting. And I've done that way too many times in my life. Fortunately, I do want to celebrate. This time, Gene and I heard Jesus say, come. And we went and we prayed together. Through tears, still in shock, we prayed and asked Jesus to help us with this sudden storm. We asked for his wisdom and help, and he led us with very quick steps. As we traveled to the storm that next day, I journaled, and this is what I sensed Jesus saying to me. Life, trust me in the darkness, the pain, the heartache, the anger, the sadness and the confusion. I will lead you through it all. Trust me. And I believed it. Through the tears, the darkness, the unknown, I knew it was a step of faith. I didn't know what was in front of me. Much like the song that we sang that Megan and Emily led were the the words where I can't see what's in front of me, but still I will trust you. That was my posture. Another step towards rest is found in verse 29. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. This is Jesus saying here that he wants us to receive something. Whenever we take, we've got to have a posture with our hands open, ready to receive. And here, he wants us to take a yoke, his yoke, not an egg yoke. This sounds very strange at first, but let me explain. A yoke was a wooden cross piece that was fastened over the neck of two oxen. And in the middle of it was a plow so that the pair of oxen could work closely together and give extra strength to their plowing. Jesus is really just saying here, take my yoke, fasten it onto yourself. Let's do this together. I don't want you to go it alone. Walk alongside me just like those oxen do. Work alongside me. Watch how I do it. I want to help you in this. I want to do the heavy lifting. When there's a yoke and there's a bigger, stronger ox, that one ends up doing the heavy lifting. Jesus is bigger. Jesus is stronger. He wants to do the heavy lifting for us. This same idea is conveyed in the message in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, where it says this, Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Jesus wants to be right in the middle of the storm with us to help us each step of the way. And the Lord brought to my mind that the way Jesus comes to us is the same way the Holy Spirit comes to us. So there's a combination where Jesus is wanting us to come to him, but the Holy Spirit, who's called the paraclete, the meaning behind that word is this, twofold. First is helper, someone coming alongside to help. Like when someone picks up the other end of a log you're carrying, it's a very practical help working alongside of you. The second is that he wants to come alongside as a comforter, one who lightens our burdens through help and encouragement. So Jesus wants to come alongside of us, but he wants to move us to trust in the Holy Spirit that is there to give us the help, to give us the comfort in the midst of the storm. And here's our role our role is to take and receive. We need to place ourselves in a posture of receiving help from God and help from others. And as I say that, you may be like me. That's hard for me. This whole idea of receiving from other people is hard. And I was brought to that reality with this storm. And I had to take a step back in order to take a step forward with why is that life? What's going on here? And when I took that step back, I realized in my family of origin I'd always been the strong one, the big brother. Uh, my twin brother, Lance, had a heart defect. He was very weak. I was the stronger one. I was the protector for him. My mom and dad went through a divorce. Lots of fighting. I was the strong one. I had to kind of be there sometimes to hold him apart. And I began to think about my life like a lot of times I'm the strong one. I'm the big brother. I thought about that even as a pastor. You know, it's a lot of giving and helping. Um, and so I had to come to terms with that. And Pastor Gilly, we, we even had lunch and began to talk about that. And I recognized that um, I needed to confess that. I didn't, I didn't realize that was going on. And I said, Lord, will you forgive me for the pride that's set in that makes it really hard to do this? And he forgave me, as he does, and then I said, Holy Spirit, will you come in and give me strength in this area where I'm weak? And I'm still in process. That's, 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 a, that's a pretty fresh place, pretty tender place for me right now, but I can honestly say my hands are more like this right now in receiving from him. Well, what are some practical ways that we can receive. What, what is Jesus getting at here when he says, take my yoke? Some of the ways that he wants us to receive in the midst of the storm are these. Prayer. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to be emotionally honest and raw with what's going on. He wants us to speak it out to him. Pastor Gil touched on this in this series, to to speak out what is going on inside to both God and other people. The next is to process it with others. Get together with those that you trust, those that are safe, and share it with them. What I've learned is it cuts the pain and the weight in half. If you do it again, it cuts it in half. It's amazing how God has created us to encourage us to be honest with one another. And then the next area is to let others help you. There may be just some practical ways that God begins to bring others into your life to help you. Much like that verse in Isaiah where God is doing things. Open up your eyes, can't you perceive it? Same way in the midst of a storm, he's gonna bring people and things into our lives to help us to lighten the load. And then utilize resources that are out there. This is a little bit closely tied, but like uh, meals to heal or counseling or other ways that he wants to provide, be open-handed to what God might wanna do. Because in the storm, even the little things are burdensome. So sometimes it may not seem like a big deal, but God wants to just take away some of those little things to lighten the load. The last step towards rest is found in verse 29. And he says, let me, let's go all the way back to the main passage. Right there in the middle. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. I like also what the message says here. Let's go to that one you just had. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Well, with Jesus, this whole idea of let me teach you and learn from me, we're always, school's always in session with Jesus, even during the difficult times. And he wants to keep teaching us how to do things the way he does things even in the midst of a storm. And one of the most important things he wants us to learn is found, I love the way the message says it there in verse 29, he wants us to learn the unforced unforced rhythms of grace, especially toward ourselves. So then we can have integrity when we give that grace to others. Well, as a family, as we moved toward recovery in this storm, we needed to get a counselor involved. And in the process of finding a counselor, before anybody ever met with her, uh, this counselor left a voice message of, of when, when, we could, when, when we could have some appointments and stuff like that. And one of the first things she said on that voice message was, give yourself grace And be gentle with yourselves in this process. And I thought that was awesome. Like I needed to hear that. So that as I begin this process, and she knew from her experience that most people that hit storms, they don't turn to grace first. Most often, we turn to ungraceful things to ourselves. well, as she said that, I said, Lord, help me with this grace thing. Help me to learn this unforced rhythm. I love how that is put together, this unforced rhythm of grace. And one of the first things, a very practical thing the Lord began to guide me towards was just physical rest. Um, As we were dealing with this, many nights were tears and wrestling with God with what was happening. And I did not get a lot of rest, but the Lord began to lead me like different points during the day when people were gone or whatever to just get a little nap here, get a a little rest there so that I had enough energy and I had enough grace inside of me so that I could extend that to the rest of my family. See, often when a storm hits, we resort to treating ourselves without this type of grace. And we put more burden on ourselves. It's the burden that the Pharisees would put on um, others. They would just stack the weight on. It was a a mentality of just get over it. It's going to be, it'll just take care of itself. Well, what are some ways that we put this extra burden on ourselves? One way is excessive guilt. We get lost in the I should have done this or I could have done that. Now, that's a part of the grieving process. It's called bargaining, and, and we're going to wrestle with that. So there's a normalcy to that, but when it get, we get stuck there and we stay there, that's when it gets excessive. That's when it begins to feel burdensome. Another burden that we put on ourselves is blame. We say it's either all my fault or all someone else's fault, and we start pointing fingers. Another one is shame, and that means I just feel bad as a person. I I feel bad as a parent for what's happened, bad as a spouse, a friend, a son, or a daughter. Uh, My friend calls this the death spiral because you just start going down everything. You just just feel like you can't do anything right. I've been there on that one. My friend and I have talked about that. I, I don't recommend that one. I don't recommend it. The other thing that we can do to add excessive burden is exaggerate the situation or the outcome. On the negative side, we can say, man, there's no way we're going to get through this. Or on the positive side, we can say, we're living in the victory and Jesus is going to just take us through. And then the last one is that we push ourselves to get over it too quickly. And in American culture, when it comes to grieving and dealing with storms, we tend to go there. We think it's, it shouldn't affect us a lot. But some of these storms do. So we just got to be realistic with what we need. But grace is the opposite. It is not concerned with pointing fingers and pushing us, but bringing bringing love into the situation. It's how Jesus treats us in these situations. Remember verse 29 when Jesus said, I am humble and gentle. And that's the kind of person we want to be around when we're going through a storm guess what? We need to learn from Jesus and treat ourselves the same way. We need to have a humility. I need help. I need help from God, and I need help from others. My hands are open to receive that help, Lord. Gentle. We need to be unhurried when we're in a storm. We need to have patience with the process. Knowing that storms take time, as I shared at the beginning, it could be days, weeks, months, years to get through sometimes. And then we need to give ourselves acceptance. And it's exactly what Zach did before he shared. He he admitted, I'm not at 100% today. I'm maybe at, I don't even know. He didn't say one, but I'm at 30. And I've been there. I mean, I remember I, I, I've told Pastor Gil, I said, Gil, I got about 50% in me right now. And we've got to number one, just accept ourselves that we're, that's where we're at, that's reality. But then at the same time, leave room for Jesus and the Holy Spirit to come in and to make up that difference because he can. He says his grace is sufficient even when we're weak. Another one of these grace areas, is love. And we were encouraged last week to focus on Romans 8 that talked about that is love can never be separated from us no matter what we go through. It's locked in. It doesn't matter how bad things get, how worse things get. Sometimes our mind goes right away like the worst things get like God's leaving me, Jesus is leaving me, the Holy Spirit isn't there but we need to trust in those truths in God's word that his love is locked in and it won't leave. And then the last one is delight, that he enjoys us even as we go through the toughest of times. And get this, even if we caused it, his grace and his love, and that's what Easter, where we're moving towards your next week, that's what that's all about that I died. I loved you so much. Accept my forgiveness in some of these difficult storm situations that you may have had a hand in. And repent and confess it and ask Jesus to forgive you. See, we need to love ourselves as, as Jesus loves us. We need to learn from him. And then I love how verse 29 ends. says, I will not lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. See, a lot of the weight that Jesus is talking about here, a lot of that weight is how we're thinking and treating ourselves. It's excessive burdens that we're putting on ourselves in the midst of the storm. And Jesus is just saying, there's a better way There's a restful way. There's a lighter way to go through this. But we need to humble ourselves and receive the help he offers amidst the storm. Well, this morning, are you in a storm? Are you feeling overwhelmed or losing hope? Jesus says, come, receive, and learn from me let me do the heavy lifting. If you're really honest with yourself, you may be carrying way too much. And he wants to lighten your load and give you needed rest. Well, I've asked Pastor Gil to come and and close us in prayer and, and, and just give us some final thoughts.
2: So we have a wonderful invitation today from the mouth of Christ. Think about that as an invitation to you. Why could Jesus say, come to me? It's because he had already been through the storm. Why could Jesus say, learn from me? Because he had already been through the storm. Jesus knew everything about storms because he had been through them and he was going to go through the largest storm that anyone could ever go through. And when we come, we experience that grace that comes through Jesus Christ that no one else can identify with but him to that level. So I love what Psalm 29 verses 10 and 11 say. It's a a great reminder to us it says that the Lord sits as king on the flood. So when, life, when your life feels flooded by the storm, and we all have experienced that, if you're here this morning and you haven't, then I would just encourage you that you are in a preparation stage, that God's giving you grace to learn and grow, because you will go through one at some point in life, likely many through life. But the Bible reminds us that God is always there, even in the midst of those storms. God never leaves us. And he is actually king over the flood. So let me remind you again of the promise in Isaiah 43. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. I'm doing a new thing. Do you not see it? Don't you perceive it? He says, I'm making a way in the wilderness, and I'm making streams in the wasteland. One of the things that I've noticed about storms is that they always leave streams behind. How do we experience those streams in the wasteland? We usually experience them on the tail end of the storm when God leaves this pathway that cuts through the earth, and it creates a stream right in the midst of that situation. That's what God wants to do for us. That's his promise to us. So how can you take and apply this? Well, take out the insert. This is our final week of our 40 days of renewal. And this week at Holy Week, we are leading into Easter weekend and Good Friday. I want to remind you about our Good Friday uh, experience, Friday night, uh, 7 o'clock, and then Easter Sunday morning, three worship gatherings to celebrate the greatest renewal that we've ever experienced. And we'll celebrate that on Easter Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, 10.15, uh, and again at 1130. But in your insert today, for this final week of our 40 days of renewal, let me just give you some thoughts uh, by way of application and meditation throughout this week. This week's meditation, uh, encourage you to take those scriptures that, that Pastor Life shared this morning, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And then for prayer and fasting, what is it I need to let go of in order to hitch my heart more fully? to Christ's yoke. What is it I need to let go of in order to hitch my heart more fully to Christ's yoke? He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When it is our yoke and our burden, it is hard and heavy. But he offers us this divine exchange where we can take our yoke and our burden and exchange it for his. How do you do that this week? Invite God into that. A personal stretch or growth goal is what one step can I take this week? Just one thing that I can do to be in a posture of learning from Jesus. He said you can learn from me. And what can we do this week? What can you do to put yourself in a posture to move more closely to learning from him? The reflection, how might God be inviting you to trust him for rest and renewal? Because those two go hand in hand. And then finally, for the uh, prayer of renewal, um, just personalize those words in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Put yourself into them. And this week, write a prayer. Let your heart give voice to a prayer where you become the recipient of that rest and that renewal that God wants to bring. And so take time this week to write your prayer. Put your heart on paper to God. Let's stand together this morning, and let me just lead us in a final prayer as we close out our service today. I don't know how those words um, land on you today, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, burdened, and I'll give you rest but I just want you to take a moment before I lead us in a corporate prayer and with our heads bowed and eyes closed, would we just, can we just quiet our hearts before God and can you just spend a, a couple of moments here before I lead us corporately in prayer just saying, God, where today are you inviting me personally to receive that rest, that renewal? Because it's a personal invitation to each of us. Where is God inviting you today to receive that from him? Let's just take a moment of quietness. Search us, O God, today, and know us. Test us and know our anxious thoughts. See, Lord, today if there is any offensive way in us and lead us in the way of everlasting life by your Spirit. Forgive us for trusting in our own strength. Forgive us for trusting God in our own wisdom and knowledge. Forgive us for trying to fix ourselves or others. And control situations as opposed to just looking to you, coming to you, learning from you. I pray, Lord, for the person here today that might feel as though renewal is escaping them. That perhaps their heart has become so troubled and so weighed down that they don't even see a glimmer of hope in the future. My prayer today for them is that they will come to you and run to you and find rest in you and learn from you the unforced rhythms of your grace. For each person, Lord, that is receiving from you renewal and rest, help us never to take for granted what you offer to us. Help us never to assume that it will always be there if we don't look for it. And we don't put ourselves in a posture of receiving. So I pray today, Lord, that wherever we are on the continuum of needing rest today, whether we are in this service feeling unrested and restless, or whether we are fully rested, or whether somewhere in the middle, meet us there, God, by your Spirit, and take us to a place where we can experience your yoke that is easy and your burden that is light. Thank you so much for your grace, your love, and your faithfulness amidst the storms of our life. We honor you today, and we bless your name. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless all of you. We'll see you next weekend.
0: Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web www.gracecrossingchurch.net We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.